Hello, this is Pastor Brandon Fender, and I'd like to welcome you to another transforming message from right here at Living Way Church. I believe that your life will be impacted by the words you hear today. For more faith-based content, check us out on all social media outlets. Now let's go live into the message. That's why I always encourage people that come to Jesus. I used to wear a chain around my neck with a cross on it, but I never wore the cross with Jesus still on it because Jesus is not on the cross. He was only on the cross for a few hours, but he is reigning in power right now. And so I want to encourage you that Jesus, when you make him a part of your life as Savior and as Lord, you become unsinkable. Confidence is the full trust, the belief in the powers, trustworthiness, or the reliability of a person or a thing. There's a lot of us that have faith and confidence, which is our two greatest weapons if they're in Christ. Can I remind you, we're getting ready to go into election season. Your faith, trust, and confidence cannot be in a man or woman in Washington. There is a woman in Washington who makes $9.5 million for what she does in Washington. You say, that's good. It is, it's a miracle because her salary is $200,000 a year. Oh, it got real quiet. So where does the other $9.2 million? People that buy her vote? People that have enough money to change her mind? I don't want anybody making decisions for me that can be bought off. That's why my confidence is not in men or women that have bigger problems or the same problems that I do. My confidence, my faith, my trust is in Jesus Christ and him alone. Proverbs 3.25, church, do not be afraid of sudden terror. Somebody say, don't be scared. Don't be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. And we talked last week on not confidence, but confidence. That doesn't mean that we have confidence in God. It means that confidence is God. That confidence is our full trust, our belief in his powers, his trustworthiness, and his reliability. And we ended last session talking, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this thing, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I've got good news for you. If you're breathing today, it's not over. If you're living today, it's not over. Because the writer said here, I can promise you this, that the God that is big enough to start it is the God that is big still working in it, and he's the God that is big enough to complete the good work that he started in you, and he will do that until the coming back of Jesus Christ. That means today, I'm better than I was yesterday. Tomorrow, I'll be better than I am today day. The next day, I'll be better than I was the previous, not because my confidence is in men or the process, but my confidence in God will carry me through. Some might say, I believed and I trusted in God, but in the end, he didn't come through. One of two things happened. It's either not the end or you only trusted God to do your will and not his will. Have you ever heard somebody say, yeah, I tried working out. It just doesn't work for me. 
It doesn't work for us when we do it two days out of 365. Well, I tried dieting and eating right, and it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah it, it can't just be one week out of 52. See, for those people that just try Jesus on a Sunday and expect that Monday your life's going to be storm-free, I've, I've got bad news and good news for you. The bad news is when you said yes to Jesus, the target got bigger on your life, but I've got good news. If it's God's will on the other side of the storm that you have an appointment or a purpose, it doesn't matter what you're going through. God will make sure you make it through to make it to. Let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Got a few moments here. Now it came to pass on a certain day. I could preach for the remaining 12 or 14 minutes I have today on those four words, it came to pass. I don't know what your it is, but it came to pass. It did not come to stay. See, a few months ago when the doctors looked at my mom and they said, Miss Fender, cancer has returned and you have breast cancer, I, I, I'm able to stand here and I was able to pray in faith and with full confidence that the God that had done it before was going to do it again. Why was I able? to say that because it happened to be cancer. Cancer came to pass. It did not come to stay. Whatever you are facing today, the devil would love for you to stop in the big middle of it and stay there. But David said, when I walk through the valley, not camp, not live, not get a job, not build a house, not retire. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. I did not come to stay. I'm just passing through. I'm just, I'm not going to be broke forever. I'm just passing through. I'm not going to be depressed forever. I'm just passing through. My marriage is not always going to have the problems it has. We are just passing through. Little Johnny and Susan are not always going to act that way. They are just passing through. You know how we always say it's just a phase. I'm here to encourage somebody today. The devil wants you to stop right now, but I've been, I've been called to encourage you. Don't stop. Keep Keep moving. If all you can do is take one step, then make it the best step you've got. If all you can do is move forward a little bit, put everything you have into the forward movement. It came to pass. So if it came to pass, why did you stop? If it came to pass, why do we stop so easy? It, it, it's, it's amazing to me when the storms of life break out and we're in the boat and we have the promise of unsinkable believers. See, here's where I'm at in my walk. It's the same that, that Paul had. If I stay on this earth, I'm going to be blessed. If I die, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to be blessed. When you have that mentality, you are truly unsinkable. Because what are you going to do? Take me out of my house and put me in my mansion? Ooh. What are you going to do? Take me out of this body and give me my perfected body? Ooh. 
What, what are you going to do? Take me out of the money problems I have here, and, and I'm going to live in a place that the streets are paved with gold, and the walls are jasper, and the gates and doors are pearls. I'm here to tell you, the devil has nothing on me. If I live, it's gain. If I die, it's gain. I am unsinkable. You are unsinkable. I don't know what your it is, but I know it did not come to stay. It came to pass. Storms run out of energy, church. Storms run out of water. Storms have expiration dates. A believer that is filled with the Word of God and God's Spirit, you'll never run out and you will never run dry, which means God's purpose and God's promises do not have expiration date. Devil, I've got more spirit than you've got storm. You bring me your best hurricane and I'll bring you my best Praise, worship, prayer, anointing. I've got more than you've got. Give me your best shot. Give me all that you can because I know you're just trying to distract me. You're trying to get me to change my mind. You're trying to get me to slow down. The Bible says that it came to pass and then on a certain day that Jesus went into a ship. Don't gloss over those five words. And I don't know if we'll get much past this today, church. It matters who is in your boat. We, we love to complain about the chaos that so-and-so brought into our boat when you invited so-and-so into your boat. We love to complain. Oh, God, they're so, they're so dramatic. And there was no drama before they came. You're the one who invited them onto your boat. It matters who is in your boat, but it also is just as important who is not in your boat. Some people will bring their storms, their storms, onto your boat. Now you're having to navigate storms you were never called to navigate. Now our prayers are, God, I'm in the middle of a storm. I need you to help me. And God is looking at you and looking at the storm. And he said, oh, there is going to be storms in your life. But why are you fighting their storm? Your storm, which is in between you and your purpose, is ahead. You're spending all your energy. You're spending all your faith. I'm talking to somebody today. You're spending all your praise and worship. You're spending all your time strategizing on how you're going to make it through their storm when their storm is their storm and they should have never been on your boat. So some people bring their storms onto your boat. Others will steer your boat into a storm. See, while, while you're, you're on the boat praying with your eyes closed, your so-called BFF is changing the direction of where you're supposed to be going and you wake up in the middle of a hurricane and you're saying, God, I didn't know it was going to be like this and God is saying, it's not supposed to be like that. You chose them over me. So if they got you into the storm, let's see if they can get you out. Aren't you glad God is not like us? I've had people say, you got yourself into that mess, and you can get yourself out of that mess. I'm glad that we have a God of grace and mercy. Some of the biggest enemies, church, of God's purpose and promise of your life are the wrong people on your boat. They rob you of promise. They delay your promise. They delay your purpose. 
their depression becomes your depression. The Bible says, cast your cares on Jesus, for he cares, on, he cares for you. You better watch whose problems and who you let into your boat. And I've said this before, but there's so many new people, they need to hear it because you're the closest thing to Jesus that they have ever seen. So they will cast their problems on the Jesus in you. And now you're carrying their problems and you're still carrying some of your problems. And now you are falling and failing under the weight of things you were never destined to carry. Listen, I will pray for you, but your burden is not my burden. I will love you and minister to you, but I'm not going to carry the weight of your family and your marriage and your money. Why? Because I've got my marriage and my family and my money, and I'm not going to cast all I have onto him just so you can cast what you have onto me. That's, that's, that's your storm. For you Seinfeld fans, that, that, I love when something terrible would happen and Jerry would just say, that, 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 that's a shame. Meaning that's your problem. That's not my problem. Again, I, I don't want you to think that I'm being a jerk. I'll pray for you. I'll minister to you. I'll give you the word of God. I'll counsel and advise you the way God has worked in me. But I am not going to let you to load my boat with your issues. I will give you a tissue for your issue, but you're not bringing that issue. I will leave you standing on the dock of the bay while I pursue what God has placed in front of me. And if that's too plain, it's going to get plainer. Some of us, ooh, some of us need to check the boarding passes of everyone that is on our boat and make sure that their destination is the same as our destination. A few years ago, I used, to, I used to fly about 100 times a year when I was traveling a lot before the kids were, were born and before they got older. I was, I was gone about 22, 24 weekends a year, and so I, I was getting connecting flights. And let me just tell you about San Antonio's airport compared to other cities of our size. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. They call it an international airport because we have like two flights that go to Mexico City. That's what makes us international. But if you fly out of San Antonio, you're going to have to go to Houston, you're going to have to go to DFW, or you're going to have to go to Atlanta to go anywhere you want to go. But I remember I was on a flight one time. The door was still open, but I was, I was in my, my seat, already buckled in. The, the flight attendants were already going over some things. When all of a sudden, a woman jumped up from the very back of the plane and started screaming and hollering, this is not my plane, and ran down. I don't care how good of a runner you are, running down an aisle this big, you're elbowing people, moving people out of the way. What she found out is, is the direction of the plane and the destination of where that plane was going was not where she was wanting to go or supposed to go. See, there's a lot of people that are letting people onto your boat that have a different destination than you have. See, my destination is peace. My destination is purpose. My destination is joy, love. My destination is power and anointing. My destination is the will of God. Wherever you want me, God, that's where I want to go. But I cannot allow people onto my boat that their destination is chaos. Their destination is racism. Their 
destination is bigotry. Their destination is religion. Their destination is fight and hate. Their destination is lust, lust and porn. Their destination is divorce. Listen, you can't be on my boat because that's not where I'm going. And if you think that's where I'm going, you are going to fight me every step of the way. So if I've got to ask you to leave, step back out on the dock. But you best believe if I find out in the middle of our trip that we are not heading the same direction, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to put one hand on the back of your shirt, the other on the back of your belt, and you've got to go. I'm not going to sabotage God's plan for my family because you got on the wrong boat going the wrong way. Now, I'll, I'll give you the chance. Hey, we're, we're, going, we're going to destiny and purpose over here. If you want to go, you can go. But if you're going to fight me on my destiny, you've got to go. It's either I go where you want me to go or I get rid of you and I go where God wants me to go. Your, your homework this week, church, is to check the boarding passes, who you're spending time with, who's speaking into your life. Mandy and I got married when we were very young. She was 17 and a senior in high school. I was 21 years old. The first thing I did was I quit hanging out with single people in the first six months. Let me tell you something. If you are married, you can't have a bunch of single friends. And so we started looking for married couples to be friends with. The problem that we ran into is all of the married couples were in their late 20s or 30s. They didn't want to go bowling at 2 a.m. like we did. They didn't want to hang out late. They didn't have the same interest. And so one of my friends that I grew up with, we started hanging out with him and his wife. The only problem is, is they were on the verge of divorce. And they would fight like tooth and nail in front of us in our presence. And I remember one time God spoke to me just as clearly as you hear me today and say, Brandon, you've got to stop hanging out with them. You're building a marriage. You're building a relationship. You can't be connected and that close to people who don't know what they're doing and who are fighting all the time. Otherwise, your marriage is not going to last. I'm here to tell you, 20 years later, Mandy and I have had our ups and downs but we're still together. We're still li living this thing. We're still loving each other. We're still moving forward. Why? Because we looked at the people on our boat and said, I would rather us be by ourselves with Jesus than have our boat filled with the wrong people. Sometimes the storm don't sink your boat. Sometimes people do.